Hey Dreamer, how's it going? I am back. I did take a break. I had a little bit of a burnout. A lot of things have changed. I've gotten really busy. I'm currently in Mexico as we speak and I'm just really excited to go back and today's interview we recorded a few months ago so I do encourage you to go check out Harry. He is amazing and I've had the privilege to have him as a friend and just a beautiful soul to know. And so I encourage you to listen to this interview and check him out and see what he's up to right now. All right, let's get going. Hi, everyone. How is it going? I am so excited today because I am here with my dear friend and fellow entrepreneur, Harry Lopez. Hi, Harry. How are you? Hey, Jesse. Hey, community. I'm so happy to be here today with you. I'm super pumped to just show up and serve and share anything that comes up. <laughs> I love it. And for those of you that How don't you know doing, Harry, Jessie? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. I'm actually super pumped for those of you that don't know Harry. He is just so amazing. Like just being on a Zoom call with you, I feel super good vibes. Like I feel super good. And since I met you, it's always been that way. So if you don't know Harry, make sure you check him out. But let's get into this interview because I'm sure he has a lot of amazing things to say. So first of all, can you share with our audience a little bit of what you do now? Yes. Uh, currently, I where the majority of my time goes is in running the Launch Latinx Accelerator Program. And it's a 90-day intensive one-on-one um, -on -one and group coaching program that includes the mastermind component, online course, the community, the networking. And building that community has really been where all my attention and my, my energy goes. So that's that's pretty much what I do. And outside of that, I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'll do a little bit of corporate coaching um, and I'll, I'll run workshops and do some, just anything that comes up really. It's kind of listening to life and trusting in the intelligence of life to guide me as I continue serving and within the Latinx community. I feel so passionate about serving. Would you say that you are living your dreams? Hell yes. Yeah, this is like beyond what I've, what I've, the life I'm currently living is beyond what I've ever dreamt up for myself. So I'm I love so grateful that. for that. Oh my gosh, I love that. So I love to hear that. And I also love to get deeper into how did you get here? Because I know that on social media, you know, we all obviously share what we're doing in our dreams, but we've also been through a lot of challenges just like anyone else. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your story. And if you'd like to start with, where are you from? Yeah, oh my goodness. Oh, I love these questions. So I'm from originally from Miami, Florida, born and raised. My parents are from Managua, Nicaragua. They came to the US in the 1980s, just very, very hopeful, very idealistic, definitely big dreamers when they came to this country. And when they came here, they didn't come with very much. Uh, in fact, they didn't come with any money and they just really, you know, roll up their sleeves and got to work while being here. I remember my mom, um, she was an apprentice at a ceramic shop when she first got here, didn't know the language, hadn't gone to school, didn't do high school, didn't do college here. Um, my dad ended up being an apprentice for a, a glass and windows company. And that's how they got started. And I saw growing up as a, as a first gen child of immigrants, like, hard work the values of hard work and resiliency and grit and like ganas I saw my parents really model what that looks like and what it looks like to 
just work tirelessly to make something of themselves. But I saw them come up against a lot of hurdles and challenges financially, mentally, like a lot of mental limitations and blocks that kept that they kept coming up against the resistance. That was my childhood growing up, like pretty, pretty happy childhood, but just observing a lot of sacrifices and, and challenges and obstacles, a lot with regards to money. Um, my parents later on got divorced when I was around 10 years old. Um, after that, went off and lived with my mom. I got really into karate. So my childhood was comprised of competing in martial arts. Mm-hmm. Like I was a competitive martial artist. And I, for some reason, I don't know where I, I got this in, inside of me, but from a very early age, I've just been a little obsessive about things that I really liked. So I was, I got obsessed with karate. And from, a, at, from the age of 10, I believe, I started in martial arts. And I went up until third degree black belt. I was competing around the world. I had one wow. in 2004 at the age of 13. I was a world champion. Um, I was getting scouted for opportunities. And a lot of my friends, they were, you know, they went off and started a lot of their own karate schools. And wow. I was doing some coaching when I was in martial arts. I was in Taekwondo. I was coaching like athletes. I was going on, going to tournaments. Um, I got really good at it. It was what I lived. I breathed. I slept. I, everything was about karate when I was growing up um, at the same time I was a boy scout so my whole family had been boy scout my dad was a boy scout in Nicaragua my brother had been a boy scout we all got our eagle scout and so from an early age there was this and I and I'm I just this is so important to share like this it's you know maybe kind of a cliche story but for my story was very much impacted of in my personal identity of knowing at a young age that I was different mm. and knowing that my, my being different was not going to be accepted. And I never felt enough. That was my core wound as a child was I was never enough. I was never going to be accepted. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. And knowing that I had this secret my whole life about my sexual identity as a gay man, that really motivated me in so many ways to overcompensate by being this achiever my whole life. And that achiever complex has has guided and run me for a long time. That achiever was going fast and doing and making moves and often at the expense of himself and never really getting to understand himself fully. And so I went off to college. I became, after college, I went off, became a school teacher. After being a school teacher, I journeyed into the world of coaching. So I started coaching teachers I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I was working with, with Teach for America as a national nonprofit organization that works with talented like uh, individuals who are wanting to enter into the, uh, the, the, the fight to end educational inequity in our country. So working in the most underserved communities or in, in my eyes, the richest communities that need the most assist, that need the most love and the most, that have a lot of love that have been often overlooked often marginalized. And so my students, when I was a teacher, were uh, my students were refugee immigrants from all these countries like Kurdistan, Iraq, Iran, Mexico, Sudan, um, Turkey, um, Honduras. And so I was exposed to this community and these uh, incredible, this incredible world. And I was seeing how societally, organizationally, systemically racism and the, the society, social injustices of the world were trickling down to the school system and our kids. So I got really fired up when I was a teacher. 
And that changed my life. Like karate gave me discipline, but teaching, being a teacher at such a young age, that fired me up and gave me purpose at such a young age. And then I got asked to be a school, a teacher coach after my years in the classroom. And that fired me up too. And that, that was another experience where I, I was the youngest coach in, on my team. I was also the only Latino teacher at my school, the only Latino teacher in the whole organization. I was the only Latino on staff. So my experience was always of being the only Latino most of my life, except when I lived in Miami. Mm -hmm. But that was also, that really informed a lot of my motivation too for a lot of the work I do today. So that's why I think it's important. I love this question. So I was a teacher coach in Nashville and I was learning how to coach. I remember we were going to school for coaching for a whole year, every Tuesday. And I was, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I had never, I had never known anything about it. I was, I remember after seeing the, the coach, uh, a modeling session of the two coaches being done. I was like, I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to transform. I want to have, learn how to transform myself. I want to learn how to give, how to help people step into their power, how to step, help people get out of their own way to tap into their limitless potential. And that year was the beginning of all of it for me. And so um, I, I, I became that teacher coach. And then after my, after working as a coach in education, I stayed in education for a little bit longer, but not as a coach. So then I started hiring my own coaches. I started working with life coaches, leadership coaches, spiritual coaches, healers and shamans. And I was, I was joining masterminds and I'm definitely a child of master, like a product of masterminds or, or group coaching programs. And I, and I was like, I got the Kool-Aid where I was super fascinated with the work. And for a long time, I was just working with coaches and I was just coaching my friends and family for free. My family, like wow. they would call me the doctor. And, <laughs> and I remember I was, I was working for a tech startup in San Francisco and I, I found this coach. She lives in, San, in Los Angeles and I was living in Miami. And I remember uh, with one of my paychecks, I paid for, to go to an event at her house. Wow. So I bought this one way, I bought this one way ticket. I bought a one way ticket to LA. I go to her house. She's like this, like famous, yeah, well known, we renowned name? coach. I'm just curious. Her name is, oh yeah. Alyssa Nobriga. Okay. Um, so I studied with Alyssa. I worked with Alyssa for about two years. I went to one of her intensives and then I worked with her in, in one of her programs. And then I joined an accelerator program with her. Wow. And so that was the beginning of when I started charging from, for my services. And that's, where everything kind of just took off for me. I left my nine to five. I went full force into coaching. And now I've been at this. This is going on my third year. And I've learned so much. And I've been and I've been I've been thrown down and I've fallen down and I've been um like kicked to the kicked in every single direction, as you know, an entrepreneur, the entrepreneur struggle in every kind of way. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for everything. Everything has been a gift. And I'm just so honored to be here. So, oh my gosh, you said so many like beautiful things. I want to hear a little more about that process because I feel, uh, and I want to hear your perspective, but I feel like when we sit out to, you know, follow our dreams and start a business, we don't necessarily know all the answers. Like we don't necessarily know exactly what it's going to look like. We have an idea, right? Like for you, maybe it was coaching. For me, it was like building this space, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to pan out. So I want to hear about that journey for you because I know you kind of started one way and you've been reshaping and I want to hear about how you got that clarity to uh, have what you have now. Oh, this is such a good question. Where do I begin? 
<laughs> I didn't, what, what I'm doing today, I had no idea that it would look, feel, sound, and be what it is today. And I remember when I was first starting in my business, I just wanted to be a coach. Like I just wanted to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I just wanted to help people. I remember my vision was very limited. You know, there's some people that have this huge, huge dream and they have this clarity of vision. For me, it was very foggy. I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to serve people. So it started one conversation at a time. It started very simple for me personally. That's been my experience. And my business has grown as a result of the more deep inner work that I've done on myself. The more that I've personally awakened to the power that I am and questioned and been courageous enough to, to shed away the limitations that I had bought into my whole life about myself and my identity and my worth, that's really when my business began to expand because life and the universe was, was reflecting to me and as often does to all of us, the reality and the truth of who we are. And when I started experiencing more of the truth of who I, who I am, I started seeing more opportunities come my way. Like, can you speak here? Can you come do a workshop for us at BuzzFeed? Can you, um, can you coach this entrepreneur, this, one, this entrepreneur who's on the path to a million dollars? And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> like, this is not, this is not what I intended. Like, I didn't intend to, to, like, I didn't intend to be on doing podcasts or any of those things. I just wanted to, to serve one, one person at a time, coach, coach one person at a time. And it just has this snowball effect. And then the more that you start up leveling, and my experience was I started hiring business coaches. You know, I remember about two years ago, was it 2018 or 2019? 19, I had the opportunity to go into a spiritual program, like a spiritual, I was either going to do the spiritual psychology program at the University of Santa Monica, or I was going to just invest in working with a business coach. I remember I had that opportunity and that like fork in the road. I was, I, I had to decide I couldn't do both. I, I just know financially at the time I had that limited, that constraint. And I had been delving into so much spirituality at the time that I decided, let me go invest in a business coach, <laughs> like a business mastermind and accelerator. And I invested in that. And that like took me to the next level where I saw so much that I didn't know because Harry was just a coach. But then I realized that in order to serve more people, you kind of just can't be a coach. You've got to learn how to do the marketing. You've got to learn how to do sales. You've got to learn branding. You've got to learn like there's social media. And so I was like, I was awakened spiritually to the world, but I was also awakened more so to, damn, I've got a lot of work to do if I really want to impact people. And so my clarity was not there in the beginning. It was totally it just keeps forming and growing and building. And you know, some Elizabeth Gilbert just lit, read um, Big Magic. And she often says, your creative project, she says a lot of people call their creative project their baby. And with what we're building at Launch Latinx, I've often considered it, it's my baby. And she's like, oh no, it is not your baby. You're its baby. Wow. Because it is molding you, it is shaping you, it is kicking you around where you are growing. And I'm sure you feel the same way with what you do, what you've done at FemX and you, your brand. It's like taking, it's like taking a ride. It's like going on its own ride. It's like growing and shaping and you're like, ah, and like yeah. for me, it's it, for me being so 
afraid of growth. It's like, ah, it's going too fast. But just being able to embrace all of it, everything that comes along the way. So I don't know if that answers your question. But... Uh, it does answer <laughs> it. And I just want to point out for those listening that this is why you have to get started. Because I feel like almost everyone that I talked to didn't exactly know the how or what was going to happen exactly but or even if they did have an idea a vision a plan it didn't go exactly how they expected it but it turned out to be even better than what they expected when they followed the dreams and so I do want to point that out and I love that story and I want to hear a little more about that fork in the road that you mentioned because I think we all face times like that where you're like okay, which direction do I go now? Knowing you, you know, you kind of like said it quickly, but knowing you, I'm sure you had some way of like listening in, looking within, reflecting and knowing what the right thing was for you. So I would love to hear about that process. Absolutely. I've learned also in this work of coaching and working with people that we can either be guided by our fear, or we can be guided by our intuition and, and choose to lean into love And more and more I'm choosing when I'm having to make a hard decision, follow my full body, yes. Like if it's a full body, yes, then go with that. And if it's not a full body, yes. And if somewhere within my body, because there is so much intelligence within our bodies, more than we can even understand and fathom. It's like for me, when that came up, it was both of them were full body yeses. But which opportunity in that moment, like once you've got the full body, yes, Then you've got to think about like, what do you need right now? What is it that could get you to the next level that could really support you? And so at the time I had been investing so much in my spirituality. I was working with a healer. I remember we were meditating for four hours a day. We were doing a lot of deep work. I was doing a lot of inner child healing. It was really beautiful. And a lot of my coaches were very spiritual. So I had, I felt like I was getting a lot of that already. And so I thought at the time, if I wanted to reach more people, I need to learn how to do the business stuff. And That was the stuff that I, I, as a beginner coach, I was learning kind of more of the basics of how to, how to enroll a client, how to do payments, how to show up online, maybe do videos. But I needed to know about the backend stuff, like systems and strategy and hiring and funnels and marketing. So that's what I started doing and delving into. And I remember I, I quickly made that decision. And that speaks into something else that is so important too. It's as an entrepreneur, we're making a lot of decisions. Like it's, it's so important for us to be making those decisions, even if they're not, if we don't know if it's going to be the best decision, like there is no best, like there's no right, always like the right way to do things. Just follow your intuition, follow that inner knowing and that gut. My intuition at that time told me to follow and go into that business coaching program. And I'm so glad I did. I'm really glad I did. Was there a time in your journey where you just felt like giving up? And do you want to share that moment with us? What happened? And how did you recover from that? And you can take your time because I know that. Oh, my have a lot gosh. Of they can't see, but I'm like smiling big <laughs> because it's almost this is, you know, very vulnerable to share. But just this week, oh, my God, just this week, I was thinking I got to throw in the towel. I don't know if I can do this. Just yesterday. <laughs> I feel like I go through it like every ago, week too. <laughs> like, it's like it's like every week. It, oh my god! There's more. The more you grow, the more complexities, the more challenges, 
the more um, blind spots, the more things are, are that come up to the surface. So that's why it's so important for us to always be in community, to always be leaning in our leaning into a higher power, with faith, God, the universe, spirit, whatever it is for you, friends, family, therapists, coaches, whatever you need, your village of support as an entrepreneur, you need a village. You need your people, you need your tribe, you need your comunidad, your gente, they're gonna root for you and support you when there are lows because there's gonna be lows in this entrepreneurship journey. And somebody said to me once something really wise, ride the lows, um, ride the lows, optimize the highs. So when you're in the lows, just ride it, ride it through. When you're in those highs, fly, like fly when you're in your highs, because the highs as an entrepreneur, you know, this are so amazing. It's like unfathomable, unfathomable. Mm-hmm. So here's, I'll tell you one, one situation that happened. I remember I was living in LA a year ago, like a year ago today. And I moved to LA to both build, continue building my coaching business, but to pursue acting. And I remember, I remember you and I connected. We were at the Latitude Conference, Mm -hmm. and we, we connected all about that. What I was going through and it was just really, really challenging trying to Mm -hmm. keep up my business and taking this really intensive acting class with Howard Fine. He's like a very well-known acting coach, Brad Pitt's coach, which I like a lot of celebrities have worked with him and I needed to go through that experience to realize that it wasn't what I wanted like it was the biggest gift that ever happened to me was realizing that that's not the life I want I'm so glad yeah. I tested it and I, and I had to go there to figure that out so at the time I was struggling with my business because I was investing so much into acting I was preparing scenes and working with scene partners and doing auditions and I was working with agents and todas esas cosas um, and I and I felt this like I don't know, I was, my, a lot of my shadows were coming up in that world of competition, of image, of a lot of, there's a lot of darkness in the industry fully and it's valid. And I, I talked to my friends about it who are still in it, who are in it, who are succeeding. And that's totally fine. Nothing against the industry. There's just, that's the reality. There is a lot of it and that's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, when it, when it came to my business of coaching, the coaching industry has always, I felt like, the more I serve, the more I'm like, life is just opening up and I'm just deepening in myself. And I'm, I didn't want to, anyway, I can go into rabbit hole, long tangent there. So I wasn't in a good place. Like I wasn't in a good place when I was in LA for a little mm. for, at that time where I was investing in acting and trying to do the two things. And I was really worried. I remember that I was like really low on money. Mm. I remember that I was struggling to to bring in new clients, to enroll and create new clients in my business because I wasn't okay inside myself. And I remember that so often as humans, we can put on a mask and act like it's all okay and good and knowing that it's totally not. And I felt like such an imposter and such a fraud doing this work because I was supporting people. I had my clients, but I was so deeply wounded inside. Mm And a lot of my stuff was coming up. I felt alone. I wasn't with my family. It was like, there was, I had just ended a relationship. Like it was just, there's a lot of stuff coming up for me. And I remember on Instagram one day, I posted a story and I was in such a bad place, but I was talking about, I used the word sacred, the word sacred. I said it somewhere. And one of my girlfriends who had been in one of the spiritual programs that I was in, she invited me to a, a sacred ceremony in LA, in Malibu. She's like, hey, you should come to this. I don't know why, like 
we have one spot left and I just saw your story and I felt like I, you needed to come. I needed to invite you. And I was like, thank you. And I appreciate that. And I didn't follow up with her. Uh, it was one of those like medicine, sound bath medicines and oh, nice. like a plant medicine journey, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't follow up, but then I thought to myself on the day of, on Saturday of that, like a couple days later, I woke up feeling so not well. And I texted her and I said, hey, do you still have any spots left? Go to Wayne. And so I got an Uber from where I was living near Beverly Hills. Um, and I went all the way to Malibu. And I had never done a sacred ceremony. I didn't even know who was going to be there. I just knew she was going to be there. And I was in such a bad place that I was like, just surrender. And, I, and I'm open to whatever is going to come up here. I don't know what's going to come up. And so I did, I did a medicine that night, one of the plant medicines for the first time in my entire life. I had always been opposed to it. I'd been scared of it. Oh, you know, really? People have been med- doing ayahuasca, mushrooms. Yeah, I'd always been really afraid. So I did, I did um, m- mushrooms there for the first time. And it was a very small dosage. And I remember they gave it to me and I set an intention and we went into meditation in a sound bath for hours. And I was meditating there at the top of the mountain in Malibu in this beautiful little cottage for hours, hours. And I was quiet and I had my eyes closed the whole time under the medicine. And I felt this like peace that I hadn't felt in such a long time. I saw inside of my body where I had been storing pain and trauma and like years of shadows and dark darkness and stuff that I had been internalizing and buying into. By the end of that night, one of the women in the program, in the sacred, in the circle, and I started screaming Mm. in that little house under the medicine around strangers that I didn't know that I had just met that day. I screamed for about an hour at the top of my lungs and I just shouted like somebody was killing me. Like I screamed and screamed and screamed so loud I was just releasing and it it was like I was vomiting through my voice and I didn't care Uh, actually at the beginning I was I started screaming and I looked around I'm like is this okay am I being too loud and they're like fuck it scream let it go and they're like they were encouraging me to fucking let it go because I had been holding on to years of the mask years of people pleasing Years of worrying so much about qué va a decir la gente, mm-hmm. qué va a decir este fulano, fulana, esta, mm-hmm. they're going to think eres creído, crees esto, mm-hmm. like, who do you think you are? Like, what are you, what do you think you're doing? You're not intelligent, you're not attractive. I remember even when I was screaming, I thought to myself, I look ugly. Mm-hmm. I look ugly, I can't do this. And they're like, scream. And I started screaming. And I was scared that somebody was going to call the cops and they're like, just do it, scream. And I kept screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. And and when I thought I couldn't go anymore, I kept screaming more and I kept going, I kept going. And they were all worried about me. They're like, there is something wrong with him. I don't know. Like, sale el demonio. For real, like a demonio, the wit, the brujos, whatever, all of that was was coming out. And Jesse, my life changed that day. Wow. I was not the same person after that. I remember I didn't drive there. So one of the, one of the leaders drove me to Santa Monica that night to the promenade. And I was like, 
I had this rage and this fire and this like, like intensity. I felt so interestingly and very strangely, incredibly masculine. Mm. I felt like a warrior. And I walked around the promenade and I was walking and walking back and forth and pacing. And I just needed to get water because I was so dehydrated. And I went back home and I got into the shower and I put it the coldest that it could go. It was ice cold. And I just showered and like, I was like, (gasps) I wanted to kill that old part of me, that old Harry that was holding me back. And everything that was holding, like that night, I will never forget for the rest of my life because I felt like I was rebirthed. I felt like I was a new person. And then for the next, and that really transformed me where I was just in a different state. Like I felt like I embodied a new way of life, a new way of being, a new person. I was doing ice cold showers. I was like super intentional with my morning rituals, my meditations, my my joy, like after that night, I started, I opened up about my identity online. Wow. I started twerking on social media and the, and everything that I thought would be the end also, of me. I, I did see the twerking coach. and I never realized that, it was that event, but I love seeing that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, big, that was the initiation. That was the opening for me was like that day because after that, me acuerdo, it was like right during the pandemic around there, mm-hmm. around like right before the pandemic. And I started, <laughs> I, I remember I, I, after that night or the next night, I came out online for the first time. Wow. I already knew. So and, I didn't realize that you my, hadn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was always, but never really, I didn't talk about it online. Right, I just okay. thought maybe it was unprofessional because oh. I always thought it had to be a certain way online. Right, right. And then I was like, F that, I'm going to be my authentic radical like real joyful self here. I'm going to sing if I want to. I'm going to dance if I want to. I'm going to shake my ass if I want to. And can I just say, I feel privileged. You, when you and I were hanging out the last time and that was before this experience, I believe, um, you actually (laughs) sang to me and I was like, so lovely. And I feel like I always saw (laughs) everything you're describing right now. I always saw that in you. So I'm, you know, I, I feel like maybe I wonder if we hold back, but our essence still comes through because I always saw that Harry that you're describing right now. Always. Like you keep Mm. saying this and I believe you and maybe like you feel it now. Maybe you're owning who you are. But I feel like that Harry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. You know, and and speaking into that, thank you. I appreciate that. And I always felt very safe with you. And I remember in person, it's, it's like, in person, we can be one way. Mm-hmm. And then on online, we think we have to be something else. <laughs> so that was, was that, what was happening for me. It was like, okay. oh, I can be ratchet in person with right. Jesse and mis, mis amistades, uh-huh. my home, my homies. But like online, I had to keep it together. I had to I look totally like agree an with that. I, I get so awkward in video too. I'm like, uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I used to think I had to be like, quote unquote, professional, whatever that means, you know. So I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And the most healing thing has been breaking free from everything that I ever thought I needed to in order to be successful. And just following my joy, like my real radical, authentic joy, whatever that looks like, 
and not caring who that's going to mute, who I'm, who I'm going to, who's going to unfollow me, who's going to, who's going to block me, who's going to talk about me, because all of that stuff's going to happen anyway. I'm more than happy closer to you than the real community, your real people that are, that are with you, that are going to support you no matter what, through thick and thin. And so there was a lot of unfollows. And that was, that was a little hurtful to the ego, but that, that, is, that gets to be okay because it's part of the journey and we can't please everyone. Is your family supportive of what you're doing and the person that you have become? Are they supportive? I find that, and you must find this with your family, or I don't know if this is like a Latino thing, but they're to- they totally were very from the beginning. But once they start seeing you have success, they're like, okay, all right. You know, and at the beginning, I remember my mom, my mom was at the beginning when I first started this journey, my mom was very much and you have to be very professional. Tienes que mirarte una, tienes que ser muy profesional, tienes que ver licenciado, elegante, you know, and so she's had a lot of resistance to a lot of the stuff that I post around just being childlike and fun. And because that's, I think what we need more of in the world is more real realness. And so there was a lot of me going my own way and, and just not following my advice anymore. So if someone is listening right now and they want to start a transformational journey, which you focus a lot on transformation, they want to get started. They want to break through. We hear this all the time, right? They want to break through. I don't know how to start. I don't know how to begin the process. What's the number one thing that you would recommend for them to just begin What's the first step? Instinctively, the very first thing that I recommend is to decide that the life that you're living, that you're currently living, that there's more to life than what it is that you're currently experiencing in life. Decide that that you will embark on a journey of self-exploration, of transformation. I think deciding is the first step. There's three mm-hmm. steps usually, like deciding, and step two is committing, and number three is to resolve. And so oftentimes we move into committing before we've ever really truly decided to mm-hmm. decide on, to decide to decide that you're ready to get to the next level, that you're ready to transform, decide that you're ready for support, because oftentimes it's, it's too much for us to handle on our own. And we have a lot of blind spots. We have things that we don't know that we don't know. So whether it's working with a therapist or working with a coach, working with a healer, getting a mentor or a consultant of some kind, reach out for support, be vulnerable, be, be willing to maybe not look good in the beginning. Um, so I think that's the very first thing that I would say is to first and foremost, truly decide and be a yes for you. Be a yes for yourself. And second thing, is get support, get, get that help that you're looking for, because it is, we're, we as humans are complex, life can be very challenging, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful if you have a thought partner or support, somebody to support you in, in, in mirroring back what they're seeing and challenging you, um, whether it's an actual person or it's a community, to support you in that, in that transformation, and that growth. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I couldn't have said it better. So for someone who is in the journey, one more question, someone that is in the middle of the journey, but they feel like giving up for whatever reason, they're facing resistance, what would you say to them? Okay, this is a very real thing, because 
I know that you and I experienced this a lot. So it's kind of kind of figuring out what it is that works for you, right? And on a high level, for somebody who's thinking about giving up resistance, I would say, come back to your why. What's your mission? What's your why for doing this? Like, why do you want to do this? You know, for, for in the work that we're doing at Launch Latinx, it's so, the why is so fiery and juicy for us because it's like our why is to bring generational wealth and healing to the to nuestra comunidad you know to support coaches and entrepreneurs and doing building more building creating more impact but also creating more income and so come back to your why consistently and that's really important um number two i would say it's not about you it's not about us it's about them, it's about the people that we're serving, it's about our community, our audience, the world. When we make it about us, when we make it about me, that's ego. Ego equals me, soul equals we. Mm. And when we make it about we together, that's the soul world. That's your mission. That's your your soul, soul task, or I forget what, what it's called, your soul assignment here. Yeah, so figuring out work. what your soul assignment and your purpose is here, coming back to that. The soul work, yeah, coming yeah. back to that. Mm-hmm. And then on a micro level, on a micro level, here's what I do. <laughs> when I feel a lot of resistance, um, I, I lean into my faith. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I go deep into my meditations and I, I call in for support. I ask for help. I'm like, God, can you help me with this? God, can you help me see this in a new way? God, will you, will you stretch my capacity? Will you challenge me? God, will you allow me to lean into love here? Will you allow me to lean into gratitude and, and unconditional love to see this human for the love that they are, despite their story, despite the misunderstandings and misidentifications, misunderstandings, and allow me to do the same for myself too. And another thing that's been working a lot is I'll grab a piece of paper. This works, oh my God, when I feel a lot of resistance, which there's always a lot of resistance. I grab a piece of paper and I write gratitudes for the whole sheet. I just gratitudes, gratitudes, gratitudes. Because gratitude is the fastest way out of suffering. And when we're finding ourselves in those suffering thoughts, you can say three things you're grateful for and you already find your state shifting. And then oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we're in the thinking mind. So we're running, we're like, the mind is going. And so it's important for us to create spaciousness, to slow down and pause, to catch ourselves when we find ourselves in that pattern. And knowing that slowing down is the way to go faster. And so it's that awakening process of deconstructing the old paradigm of how things were done. That's how what got us here won't get us to the next level. Um, so a couple things there. Beautiful things. Thank you so much. I want you to share a little more of what you do now. So if people want to work with you, check you out, they know uh, what to expect or what to look for. Yes. So I run, um, you can, we, we run Launch Latinx on Instagram. We have a Facebook community as well, private Facebook group for uh, Latinx coaches, creators, and entrepreneurs. And we have our signature staple um, 90-day accelerator program. 
Uh, it's called the Launch Latinx Accelerator Program on www.harrylewislopez.com or my personal Instagram at theharrylopez. And so I'm always just so eager and open to connecting with new people that are just looking to do good, good work in the world, that are looking to expand, that are looking to hold up the mirror, and that are wanting to create more impact in the world. Well, thank you so much, Harry. It's been an incredible conversation. And I'm just so grateful for you being so vulnerable with us and sharing from your heart. So thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Like Harry said, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, his page. I will post all the links in the description of the episode. All right, Harry, thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Besos. <laughs>